Hello and welcome to the podcast of Tech EU. I am your host, Andrew Degler. Today we are going to talk about insurance and the future of InsureTech. Namely, I would like to play you an interview that our editor Robin Wouters recorded with Mary Ribana, the co-CEO and co-troublemaker at digital insurance platform Insmo. Earlier this year, Insmo raised about 3 million euros, bringing the total funding amount to some 7 million euros. So listen further to hear what it needs the money for, what the future of InsureTech may be like, and how the ecosystem in Berlin has been treating the Estonian founder so far. Hey, this is Robin Waters from Tech.U, and I'm joined here remotely, of course, as usual, uh, by Miri from Insmo. Insmo, did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, that's correct. Yes, score. Uh, so Insmo is a uh, Berlin-based intertech startup, but I'm sure Miri can tell us a lot more about it. So maybe give us a little bit of an introduction before we uh, kick off the questions. Yes, so uh, Insmo was established, established as an end-to-end insurance provider. So our core strength is the technology we're building, and uh, we are expecting to make insurance instant, very accessible to all people, and also embedded in other products and services. So uh, today we are uh, operating as an MGA. We are mediating the products in property casualty lines, and uh, our primary market today is Germany, where we are serving customers with rental deposit guarantee products, uh, with uh, electronics insurance and bike insurance, and we have uh, a long list of products uh, that is coming to into a portfolio. Great. Uh, do you and or your co-founder have a history in the insurance uh, industry? I think that's the most important part and interesting part of Insmo that uh, when we established the company, we had no background of insurance. But uh, we were kind of like surrounded by different developers and a lot of talent that are from the insurance space. And at the same time, we saw a great opportunity in digitizing all the insurance processes. And we saw a lot of opportunities in B2B2C sales and so on and so forth. So with the help of our team, we have built up uh, a back office solution that is end-to-end, that is making insurance for the digital. And of course, we have learned on the go for, for the past four years. Great. Uh, there is a lot of activity in the insure tech space in Europe. Uh, it's quite a quite an active uh, sector to be in. Uh, lots of innovation, lots of big funding rounds. Uh, you yourself raised a little bit over 3 million euros earlier this year. Why do you think that is? Is the insurance industry finally ripe for disruption? Oh, it has been ripe for a very long time. You know, if you see what happened in, in, uh, in banking 10 years ago, it's the same pattern that the insurance is going through today. So everything that we experienced in banking in the past 10 years, we are now starting to experience in the insurance space. And uh, exactly the same problems, uh, lack of technologies, the uh, expectations of the customers are are endless. And we're not just, you know, meeting all those requirements. People are expecting to have also their insurance uh, services in an instant, in their pocket. And and insurance is something that is not sexy that you go online and, and start shopping for this, right? So it has to be like really invisible, embedded in other products and services. And, and this is where a lot of insure tech startups and tech companies are, uh, you know, adding a lot of value. And, and this is why the whole industry here is booming right now. Yeah. Is it mostly driven by a younger generation that sort of grew up with uh, applications in their mobile phones and sort of expect their insurance providers to do the same? Yes. But also on the other hand, you know, we also have in, in, in an older generation, people that are more like digitally minded, that like this digital uh, mindset that they do have this expectation for uh, doing uh, everything on their own, not to call the brokers, no paperwork uh, and, and so on and so forth. 
Great. Uh, what does the insurance industry look like in Germany compared to the rest of uh, Europe? Why was it so interesting for you to do it over there? We're from Estonia, right? Estonia is such a tiny market. And even if we do some, you know, great uh, solutions here, uh, at the end of the day, the, the traction or the metrics will be relatively low because of the size of the market. The situation in the whole Europe is exactly the same as it is in, in Germany. There is no difference. It's just that German market is so, so huge. It's, uh, it's really ripe for different types of uh, solutions. And also Germans and the, you know, in general, like Central European people, they are more educated on preventing all sorts of risks rather than people in Eastern Europe. For example, in Estonia, we are spending on average 200 euros per year for insurance products. But in Central Europe, it's 2,200 euros per year for insurance products. So the culture and the, the mindset about preventing risk is completely different. Wow, I didn't actually know about the difference yeah. between uh, Central and Eastern Europe. It's quite interesting. Um, where do you see you going next in terms of product, but also in terms of geography? So we will be solely focusing on the German market for the next two, three years because uh, we really want to have a strong footprint down the uh, real estate, especially the rental uh, uh, real estate side, because our one of our anchor products is uh, rental deposit guarantee. So in Germany, you pay three months uh, uh, as a deposit when you rent a new apartment. And that's a huge amount of money for a lot of people. And uh, we are replacing this uh, deposit money with just uh, a guaranteed product, which means that you pay 10, 15 euros per month and you don't pay huge amounts of money in the deposit. And uh, based on that, we will have the customer within small uh, approximately for, for five years. And we have five years time to serve this customer with a lot of value added services, different insurance products and so forth. So in the next two, three years, we will be focusing on building up a very nice product portfolio, the best user experience possible in the, in the insurance space. And if we have a very solid, uh, spot in the German insurance market, then we will, of course, expand the business model to other com uh, countries like, you know, France, uh, Poland, uh, Italy, Spain, and so on and so forth. Great. Um, did you actually move the company from Estonia to Berlin or did you uh, found the company over there? We founded the company over there. It was the plan from day one. We knew that, uh, I mean, we love Estonia, great talent, great uh, engineers and so on and so forth, but such a tiny market. Even, you know, when I'm pitching to investors that, you know, we make the first pilot in Estonia, nobody cares because, you know, the, the metrics are so tiny. Right. So we had to make a strategic decision, take the risk from day one. We went to the largest market there in Europe and hired the best talent uh, that uh, uh, we could grasp. And, and we took it from there. Great. Well, that was going to be my next question. Uh, what is the situation like in Berlin these days when it comes to finding the right talents? Because I know it gets very competitive over there. It does. But at the same time, the recent hires we have done like in the past six months, these have been like very senior people who are specialists uh, on, you know, whatever we need uh, them to be specialized on either finances, underwriting or whatever. And we were also questioning uh, that, you know, why we have been so successful in hiring like top talents, uh, you know, people who have uh, 10 or 20 years of experience in something. And their response was that, you know, I'm in an age where I still, you know, want to do something significant. I cannot do this in my corporate, uh, working in a large insurance company or working in a bank and so on and so forth. You know, I want this challenge. 
and INSMO, you know, was not uh, established like a few months ago. So it's not a very, very early stage startup. We have been operating already for five years. So we already have something. We are backed by very nice insurance companies, uh, also from the, from the venture funding side. So it gives them a little bit of security that I want to build something great. And we are exactly in this phase where we are interesting to talent that wants to build up something from, from scratch, basically. Yeah, super interesting. Where does the name come from? The name comes from uh, insurance and mobile. So we put those two words together. And it, okay. this is, yeah. And also there was a dot com uh, domain available. So it was a, you know, it was a perfect sign that this is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. And how big is the team now? Uh, today we are 18 people divided between uh, Berlin and uh, Estonia. Great. Um, does it, do you think it's an advantage? Because you mentioned earlier, it didn't really come from the insurance uh, background. Does that provide you with sort of an advantage that you don't have to take into account sort of the, the legacy and the traditions mm-hmm. of the space mm-hmm. and you can sort, mm-hmm. sort of go mm-hmm. in with your, uh, mm-hmm. with fresh eyes, I guess? Yeah, exactly. I think it has been a huge advantage, but on this, when creating the vision of uh, how the whole experience should look, look like, how the product should look like. But of course, it has to be backed by a very strong talent and very senior channel from, from different uh, fields of insurance. Uh, but uh, we really think, like me and my co-founder, we are both uh, came from outside the insurance space. And we really think it is an advantage in shaping the new world, shaping the insurance world in a way that how we would like to consume insurance products. And, okay. and, and also like uh, when you look at my LinkedIn profile, I also have my title as a co-CEO, co-troublemaker, because we have been told to be like troublemakers in the insurance space, because every time we pitch a new idea to an insurance partner or to the market, it's, it's sort of shown in the first place that if this is not possible, you know, we have these rules and regulations, but at the end of the day, we always figure out a way how to bring a new solution to the market. Great. Code troublemaker. I like that. Um, and is that also what convinced your investors? Because you raised over 5 million euros to date. Uh, I think I saw somewhere. Yeah. Um, is, is that what attracted them? Is it the tech proposition? Is it the market size? Is it the fact that, you know, you're doing things differently? Uh, probably mm-hmm. a combination of all of the above, but mm-hmm. what did they say? So if you look at uh, 10 years ago, when all those neo banks came up, right? So it, it is exactly the same story that we are today missing uh, this like really innovative, uh, exclusive, like fat flagship on the insurance market, like this, like fully digital and like agile and kind of like this, like these rebel new companies, because it's, it's not something that people expect from the insurance, like to be, to be interesting, to be innovative, to be like engaging, right? And the, the whole market is so ripe for this right now. And also there is a huge interest from the investor side uh, to have something like really disruptive on the market, not just the technology or not just a nice interface, but everything like combined. Yeah. Um, you mentioned in the very beginning that you also want to sort of embed insurance products, I guess, in other uh, products, which is sort of what is happening in fintech as well when it comes to payments, uh, lots mm-hmm. of embedded finance, as they call it. Um, how does that work for insurance, though? Can you also just you know, build relationships with, I don't know, retailers and maybe e-commerce websites and, and mm-hmm. go that way? Is that is that the way to go? Exactly. So today we are also selling 95% of our policies via different uh, partners uh, on the websites and the checkouts and so on and so forth. And also the rental deposit guarantee product we sell exactly in that place when the customer needs it. So when you go as a tenant, you check up a new apartment, your broker uh, suggests you to have this and you can have it on the spot. Or your landlord says that, hey, you know, let's have this product uh, and uh, this guarantee and you can have it immediately on the spot. And in the future, we also see that all insurance products have to be somehow very 
invisibly embedded in other products and services. You buy a laptop, it's there. You buy a washing machine, the guarantee is there. So people don't want to think about insurance. No, now I can see the logic behind that, but doesn't it also come with a risk? Because at the end of the day, because you're not sort of building your own brand, you know, people don't really need to know Insmo to know that it works because they can use other product where it's embedded. But then you also risk that you're sort of replaceable in a way, because if you're a white label services to the partner, then theoretically they can also, you know, work with someone else down the line. Yeah. So um, we never do white label solutions. It's every time, you know, you go to our partner's website, you see it's Insmo's product. When you buy the insurance product, we immediately talk to you that, hey, you come to our website and application. Hey, you come and see how easy it is to submit claims and so on and so forth. So the customer from the first moment is interacting with Insmo. We are also interested in building our own brand. And also in terms of like being replaced by other providers, it is not so easy if you have strong like B2B2C relationships. These partners are not shopping around for different insurance providers all the time. For them, it's a value-added service. They want it to be, you know, uh, secure, functioning, easy, no hassle. And if they have this kind of partner in place, this partnership will last 5, 10, 15 years. You, it's not so easy to uh, copy a network of B2B2C partners, for example, which are the larger ones. They're not interested in changing the insurance provider every year. And I think this is a huge, you know, benefit also for us uh, because we can really lock down a B2B2C uh, network. That I can see the logic behind that uh, quite easily. Um, what has been the biggest uh, challenge to date? You've been building this for a number of years. What has been the biggest um, challenge you faced as a founder? So we have been uh, usually much more agile and faster in moving to new product categories and new markets and, you know, introduce new uh, customer experiences and solutions. And of course, we always have to convince our insurance partner that, hey, this is a great opportunity and, you know, it takes time to uh, usually create products. But this is something you have to bear in mind that uh, if you're working together with large corporates, you know, to bring a product live usually takes six to 12 months. And you just, you know, have to have to be patient and, of course, well-funded so that you can wait. Yeah, yeah correct. <laughs> and now being in Berlin sort of as an outsider, how do you rate or how, what do you think of the, the Berlin startup ecosystem over there? I think it's extremely supportive. Uh, first of all, you know, there is a great access to funding. There is a lot of corporates who have already established their own innovation teams that work with startups. So it's very easy to find right people in large partners uh, to work together with. So everything seems to be quite established already. In terms of like uh, costs of running a business, um, I would also say that uh, if we compare it to Estonia or Tallinn, they're very much the same. So, um, you know, we don't have to compare it with London where you have, you know, two or three times uh, higher expenses, but it's it's a huge market great funding opportunities, great administrative costs. So uh, for all like my my uh, uh, colleagues in, in Estonia who are thinking about uh, expanding their business outside Estonia, I think like my first recommendation would be to go to Berlin, to Germany. Great. Uh, those are all the positives. So what are some of the, the downsides of being in Berlin? Of course, you're making yourself visible. It's very easy to make yourself visible uh, in a small country. Like, for example, in Estonia, you say you have a new startup and in two weeks time, the whole country will know it because it's the size of the village, right? But uh, it's it's also like one of the downsides is that, you know, how to make yourself heard, how to make yourself interesting to, for example, uh, uh, partners who get uh, different cooperation requests every day. 
millions of them. Uh, so that's, that's also, it's an opportunity, but it's also a huge challenge. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult to have that kind of interview without talking about the COVID pandemic. Um, yeah. how has the coronavirus pandemic changed things for your company, but also the insure tech space as a whole? Mm -hmm. It uh, really depends on, on which product lines you're working. Of course, you, when you have your product related to travel insurance uh, or things like that, you know, it has to be quite difficult. On the other hand, I think the market insurance market is benefiting a lot from this situation right now. Uh, you know, a lot of insurance companies have been kicked in the butt to start moving towards, you know, online sales and uh, all these digital, new digital ways how to serve the customers because the customer is no longer coming to you, right? So I think it, we will see a lot of uh, uh, new different digital approaches from insurance companies. I think the end consumer at the end of the day benefits a lot. And also when we're talking about uh, the other side, like um, the insurance providers and also income uh, insurtechs like us, then uh, uh, what we have uh, really experienced is that the COVID has made people more cautious about their financial risks, which also is a good thing for selling new insurance products because people are kind of afraid of different risks. And also, for example, like the rental uh, deposit guarantee product that we have right now, you know, people are thinking about when moving to new home, do I want to spend 5,000 euros or 10,000 euros just as a deposit for my new apartment? Or maybe I should maybe invest in something or just, you know, have this as, uh, as my own security. Right. People are thinking about and being cautious about their financial situation today more than ever. And for a lot of uh, insurance products, it's actually a good sign or a good situation where to offer value to the customers. Great. Uh, final question. And it's a bit of a cliche, boring question, to be honest. But where do you, where do you see the company in five years? We see that we are definitely one of the number one uh, digital uh, insurance providers in the whole Europe. I think uh, we will be kind of like one of the flagships that are driving the trend how insurance should work, especially the whole uh, customer experience side. I think we will be present in at least five most important insurance markets in Europe so with, uh, with the property casualty products. Great. I said that was going to be the final question, but I have another one based on your response. Um, does that also paint the target on your back? Because if you achieve that in five years, then likely some of the incumbents will, will look at that and say, okay, we didn't manage to do digital as, as good as they did. Uh, we should buy them. Would that uh, be a likely scenario? Yes. I think uh, the likely exit scenario for Insmo is either one of the uh, European incumbents will buy the company or somebody from Asia who wants to enter the European market and have a company that has tech customers and everything in place already. Uh, or maybe some someone like Amazon or Google who has been talking about establishing their own insurance vehicle for 10 years, right? Yep. True, true. Well, let's see what happens. Uh, I'll be very much uh, looking forward to the journey, as I'm sure you are as well. Uh, but thank you so much for taking the time and sharing some insights on Insmo and uh, best of luck with the company. Thank you so much, Robin, for this opportunity. Thank you, Miri. And this is it for our today's episode. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, follow us today wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if that place has a possibility to rate and review the show, please do that as well. Our audio engineering is done by SoundPulse. That is sound-pulse.com. Your questions, suggestions, and opinions are always very welcome. Please send them all to podcast at tech.eu. This was TechEU Podcast. I am Andrew Degler, and I will talk to you again in a couple of days. For now, take care and enjoy your week. Bye-bye.